Hey, this is Seiko, Fly Guy Seiko from the Fly Guys podcast. There are times when I interview people that I really don't necessarily agree with or I don't agree with all of their positions. This is one of those times. <laughs> ah, but enjoy the ride. The best lesbian love story I've ever read is in the Bible. Ruth and Naomi. Where you go, I will go. Where you lie, I will lie. Your people will be my people. Oh, my God. Aren't those the best vows ever? Stay fly, stay fly. You know, what's more, what's harder, being black or being gay? Being black, but you don't know. Again, unless we fucking, you don't know that I'm gay. Unless I tell you. And I tell you if you need to know. Why do I tell you if you need to know? You're listening to The Fly Guy Show. They do everything on the fly and in such a fly manner. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. The views expressed on The Fly Guy Podcast by the guests of The Fly Guy Podcast are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. <laughs> hey, this is Ernie Thomas here on the Bold School Podcast. You're listening to Psycho Vaughner's Fly Guy Podcast. Support, like, subscribe, and share. He's saying some good things. Share it. Don't keep it to yourself. You're on a 15. I need you on a 2. You're on a 15. I need you on a 2. You're on a 15. I need you on a 2. And we're live. 321. It's your man, DJ Seiko Vaughner, back with another episode of the Fly Guys Podcast. One of the flyest guys I know was in the house. What's up, good, good cousin? How you doing? I'm good. I can't complain. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So today, the topic is post Jesse Smollett. Is it safe to be different in America? And to be honest with you, this whole idea came from a conversation we had on the Fly Guys podcast a while ago with you, Sam, because you said that as a gay guy, you got to handle yourself in a certain way to be safe. Yeah, I mean, it's not safe to be different, I mean, anywhere in the world. But I mean, even here, it depends on where you go and who you are, you know. Unfortunately, we live in a society where you can't just be who you are, mind your business and chill. And so, I mean, a lot of days now, if you see YouTube, World Star, you see a lot of videos of dudes and women having a fight because you gotta sometimes protect yourself against people who have issues with you being who you are. And everywhere you go, even if you're not gay, if you're different, if you stand out, if you don't do what everybody else does, you become a problem. Individuality, as much as it's talked about in praise in society, is one of those things that is feared. Individuality is okay as long as you look like me and talk like me and act like me. But when you do things differently, you believe differently, if you express yourself differently, people have an issue with that. Because being able to accept someone for who they are means that you have to be able to accept people out of your own constructs. And a lot of people can't do that. Now, do you even see a difference in the way that uh, whites and Asians in the who are gay are possibly treated different than gay blacks? Uh... Because I've heard that before. Uh, I've heard Eddie, he's going to pop on in a little bit. He's mentioned that before. Mm -hmm. He's mentioned that. He said gay black dudes, uh, gay blacks 
and I guess he used that term collectively with gay black men and homosexuals and lesbians uh, that were treated very differently than their white counter, white and Asian counterparts. Well, I mean, racism, people like to think that racism only exists in one fraction or one part of our society, but it's within all. And there's stigmas that go along with it from you being black and automatically a thug to also being black and, you know, being Mandingo, you know. I'm trying to be nicer because Rhonda said I should be better, so I try to listen to her sometimes. (laughs) Look, I'm married to her. I don't listen to her. So you just mentioned that you see a lot of people on YouTube, you know, getting attacked. I don't see those videos. It might be because they're not part of my stream. Um, Maybe it's not part of the 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 algorithm that defines me, you know, in the digital space. I don't know. But I don't see that. I just see a lot more television shows and a lot more movies and uh, actually a lot more songs with prominent gay characters where I didn't see that growing up. You know, the only time I really saw gay guys were in the church. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. In the choir, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not touching that today. I'm not touching that today. What you see now is, I don't. I know for me, I don't consider it more acceptance per se. I see it more as companies always chase dollars, and when companies begin to realize that, wait a minute, gay people, gay couples bring in this amount of money. Sometimes they may have kids, sometimes they don't. They have this type of capital. For me, I see it far as I'm hoping that it would be lead more to acceptance. But I personally believe that it's more about money and dollars. You see more and more things being geared towards gay people. Why? Because companies are always looking for new markets to enter. Wow. So you think it's all about the dollars. It's truly not about acceptance. But what about the hashtag movements? I feel that overall society is kind of wanting to change, but is kind of afraid of what it looks like. But for me, given my business background, I just money moves everything. And if people feel that there's a market for it, like all of a sudden now, Back in the day, you know, people smoke weed. Weed is a bad thing. Why are people doing it? Now, all of a sudden, that it's become legalized in certain places, all of a sudden, the stigma disappeared. That's because it's a new business. And I feel the same way now, like as far as people or companies accepting gay people or people who are transgender, that whole acronym is so damn long. You're never going to hear me say it. There's too many letters. I feel like I'm going to be saying the alphabet. But for all of us, it's like, well, wait a minute. This is a market we've never targeted. This is new revenue. This is new business. This is new money. So this is how I see it. I could be wrong, but that's just how I feel. Well, when I look at, you know, the history of America, commerce and economics is all about all the major changes in American culture. And, you know, since we're both of African descent, both black, you know, when the civil rights period happened, 
you know, I was just talking to Crumb Snatcher about this. In the civil rights period, the reason that some of those legislations move are because the economic work that was done behind the scenes. Yeah, they marched, but they also didn't spend. Right. You know, yeah, people gave great speeches, but they also didn't spend. Interestingly enough, you know, they really focus on Dr. Martin Luther King, may his, his memory be a blessing. His, his quote unquote, I have a dream speech. But the whole joint he said before that is the truth. And because I, I, I have a dream was really kind of like a freestyle, you know, you know, he was talking and he finished his speech. And I can't think of the, the woman's name, but she said, tell him about the dream, Martin, tell him about the dream. And then he just started telling, you know, off the top of his head, extemporaneously talking about things he was dreaming about. But before then, he laid out a solid plan, which included financial withdrawal. And so my point is, civil rights changed because of the dollars. Right. Women's rights changed because of the dollars. Right. Remember now, like it before, like in the 1930s and 40s, way back in the day, you know, when companies did marketing, they did print marketing, they did advertisement. It was just basically for everyone. If you notice now, marketing is targeted towards the individual. When you see marketing, when you see ads, when you see stuff, they're targeting certain groups and targeting certain people on purpose. Why? Because one group may respond to one ad in one way, but another may do so different. And so if you target your audience, you're really, from a business perspective, you're using your marketing dollars more effectively. If you just do a blanket ad for everyone, you don't know who you might hit. But if you know that this will affect this target audience and you're more likely to increase sales, you're going to focus on that audience. So if you look at any commercial, just look at how diverse the commercial is. Look at what the product is. Listen to the music. And that tells you who the audience is for. You can look at a McDonald's commercial. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay, okay. But is it safe, bro? Is I mean, do you feel safe? You're in the D.C. metro area. I'm not going to say exactly where you are. Um, you're in the D.C., the DMV. I'm in the yep. V. But we're both in DMV. Okay. Uh, but you're in the metro. You're in the metro area. Right. So, so is it safe for it, you mean, as a black gay man to walk around and not just on what was it, Peace Street or Q Street, whatever that street was? Yeah, and and like Dupont Circle and certain areas, yeah, and other places, no. But it's like, to be honest, I mean, I know we're talking about here, but globally, there are certain places, everybody knows there's certain places, I right, and then there are other places not. I mean, it's kind of how it is wherever you go. And I mean, now the bad thing is about the whole Jesse Smollett situation is that now, before, because of him being such a prominent figure, he's saying he's attacked. You know, people were rallying behind him. And now all of this drama and stuff, it makes it harder for everyone else who gets attacked because they're going to have in their mind the issues that we've had with him is like, well, what happened? There's all these stories, there's all this back and forth, there's all of this other stuff. 
and it makes it harder and difficult. And it's unfortunate, but there's some people who, when the first first came out, they're like, Mm-mm, something ain't right. But a lot of us didn't want to believe that. Me, I didn't, but I didn't know what was going on. But now I'm just like, ah, you made it harder for the rest of us. So is the, the short answer is, is it safe? Nowhere is safe. And to be honest, no matter where you go, even in a safe place, you got to sometimes be prepared to fight. It's just how it is. You either fight or you run or you do whatever it is you feel to protect your life. Hmm. I, I have to admit, I when I first heard about the, uh, the messy Jesse, what's up, Eddie? Speaking of messy, <laughs> look, um, Let's get let's get right back into what we were just talking about, Ed. Yeah. As a black gay dude, uh-huh. are you safe? Do you feel physically threatened? Do you, I mean, uh, in, in where you are and where you are, I and you're in the DMV too. Yeah. No, I'm I'm good because first, <laughs> of, all, first of all, you know I fight. Yeah, yeah, we we fought before. Yeah, <laughs> real talk. You know, I fight. So, yeah. and and realistically, but you know what? I think the deal is the difference is that I grew up in an environment where you had to put the face on. You know, you had to be. You know, it's not like I think I lived through a whole series of stuff where. The kids now can be happy and carefree and gay and walk around like everything is wonderful and coming up roses. Nah, nigga, you can't do that. Sorry, you can't. we couldn't do that. We couldn't, right? You, you right. Say, right. Yeah, and you won't get knocked. So, just out of and it's not even. It's a whole level of code switching that our kids don't know now. Right. And a lot of the millennials don't understand the whole code switching thing. And so they can walk around in full drag. And not that I would ever do that because that's crazy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You know, when you told me that you were in balls, I thought you did that stuff, bro. (laughs) I was in a bar, but I wasn't doing that. Nah, I'm not doing it. Okay. I said ball, B A L L. Oh, ball, yeah. Okay. Never, never walk. Nah. Mm Mm-mm. Okay. Well, good. I can get that out of my mind because I was like, Ugh. <laughs> not for me. Um, I'm a pretty boy. You're saying that you had <laughs> you had you had to walk around with a, a a mask. Pretty much, you had to like you had to look. You want to look as quote unquote normal as possible. You want to look like you want to make sure that what you present doesn't raise any questions. Because I mean, you got to remember. So, I was going out with like you know I was hanging out with like Antoine and Pooh. Yeah, you know and so and you know, so, you know my crew literally the whole thing was you we lived through that whole like when we graduated like we're talking like 1990, right? Uh, backstory, backstory time. So Eddie and I went to Hampton University together. We graduated in 1990. We're coming up on what 30 years. Yeah, something like that. Whew, that's crazy. Uh, we're both in the marching band, 
So we're both members of also a brotherhood called 151 Incorporated. We're actually line brothers. We went through the line process. We got our tails beat together. And then at, toward the end of the process, we started beating details. <laughs> Turn off the lights. Bam. Um, <laughs> Those are the good old days, bro. They thought I was joking when I said that. What am I doing? Um, so, little backstory. Now we can get caught up. So, you gotta remember, we were going out 1990, whatever. Like, they were bashing people, even if you just looked like you were soft. You know what I'm saying? I know people that just got knocked just because they look soft, not because they were flamboyant, not because, or whatever. Like, they were just straight gay bashing people in the DMV. Like, it was nuts. Like, I know at least three people that got knocked. One, one guy ended up in a coma and died. Um, like, some, you know, folks had a, like, they, folks were injured. Right. So, you didn't have, like, that, that whole option. So, if you didn't want to do that, it was just like, DC makes you adapt. For real, DC makes you adapt. Because if you don't want to be bothered with some shit, like, you know, let me just, let me blend. <laughs> let me blend into the culture. Like, for real, nobody, I never had to worry about getting carjacked. Because I promise you, you walk up to me in my car, for real, for real, you better, you better, yo, come with the gun up front. Don't, don't take your time and talk no shit because I'm running you over. I didn't stop at stop signs for years. Yeah, I thought it was the greatest oxymoron that you graduated from Friendly High School. <laughs> Ain't that it? Ain't that it? Oh my God, I used to just crack up about that Friendly okay, High School. That, that really was, yeah, that's, that's an oxymoron because I was not. <laughs> you weren't friendly. <laughs> Not necessarily friendly. I wasn't because nah, I wasn't. Was that because of DC? It was because of DC. It was like I think it's real northern. Like New York's the same way. Yeah, Philly's the same way. You know what I'm saying? Like, like remember when I first got to school? I was like, why are you speaking to me? Because you put the face on. You keep on like why are you talking to me. Like I don't know you. Yeah, yeah. Is it safe now? Oh yeah, I'm, I mean I'm cool. Like for real, again because you know what, I'm a teacher. Don't shit bother me. You can't. And I tell people, if you can't whoop my ass, don't say nothing about it. <laughs> now, now earlier, earlier Sam was saying that he still doesn't feel safe in some areas. So is it that you guys are moving in different areas? Because I was sharing with him that I'm starting to get the impression that, you know, I see more and more people expressing themselves on TV and movies, like you're saying, you know, in the schools without having to wear those masks that you two wore. Or I'm assuming you wore, Sam. I, I'm assuming you wore it. Yeah, like, I mean, we all said it's true. You do what you got to do. You adapt to your environment. The thing about it is, if you if you just like me, I'm a chill, laid back person. You ain't trying to deal with a whole bunch of drama. You ain't trying to deal with stuff. If you got to fight, you got to fight. But again, you know, if you just try and get through, you do what you can. So you just do what you got to do. It, he's right. It's a whole code switch. Now, it's not that we did we like we're in different areas because I live in the hood. 
Oh, I live in the hood. Good and but the difference is I like I don't like I just don't I don't have a lot of fear. You know, now, am I mindful and am I conscious? Absolutely, I am. I'm aware. What I tell people, you might catch me unaware, but you'll never catch me unprepared. <laughs> That's the dude. You feel like you will be prepared no matter what. But I mean, like growing up in this area, that's kind of one of the things you do. Like I went to go see my brother the other day and he was like, why are you looking around? And I'm like, what you mean looking around? That's what you do. You always, you know, take notice of your surroundings. Okay. I'm telling you, let me tell you, I have now my parking is gated. Yeah. Yeah. When you said you live in the hood, I was like, yeah, he lives in a gated apartment. Uh, <laughs> know me for my works. <laughs> I don't feel I, I walked down the street and it's all good. But matter of fact, one of there is a you know there's a club across the street from my, where I live. Nah, I didn't know that. There is, and it's a leather bar. It's a white leather bar. Okay, um, for those who are uninitiated, <laughs> what the hell is a white leather bar? So it's a white owned establishment and they wear leather and harnesses and things and you know that's where they do a lot of kinky stuff that that most respectable black people don't do they forgot like we in the hood though I, I even though Becky and Matt have caught, tried to move in the neighborhood they walking through with the strollers and the yoga pants and the backpacks it's still the hood mm-hmm. we're not done gentrifying yet we haven't gotten we haven't gotten the Whole Foods yet so we're not complete <laughs> <laughs> we ain't got no good growth. So we ain't fully gentrified yet. You know, that's when your gentrification is complete. When you got a whole good grocery store, we ain't got that yet. What did you get the starter kit? You know, the Starbucks? No, hell no, we ain't got that either. We still got carryouts. We got a Dunkin' Donuts. Okay, that don't mean nothing. We got a Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> you know, that's a start up here. That's a start. That is a start. <laughs> so we got a Dunkin' Donuts. Um, a Thai restaurant, a Popeyes. I don't. I don't like to go in there because it's too me. Yo, Ed, man, what's your take on the uh, Smollett situation, man? Did it set Jesse Smollett set black people back and gay people back? I don't. It was you know what? He set back people that take ownership of other people's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Because I don't take ownership of anybody else's shit. You know what? Now, first of all, I believe him. That's number one. I believe him. And I'm going to take him at his word. I believe in innocent until proven guilty. And they've tried this man in the court of public opinion. And so I'm going to believe Chicago PD. (laughs) And they're the ones that gave out the original story. Correct. Yeah, no, I don't believe Chicago PD. Just like I don't. What happened to Laquan? Oh, okay. Um, Straight up, like I don't. We're <laughs> talking like I don't, I don't trust you all. I got people. You know what I'm saying you got unsolved murders all over Chicago, but yet you can figure this shit out real quick. Yeah, nah, sit down, sit down. <clears throat> I'm not hearing that, and so I just want them to get to the bottom of it. And even if, even if he lied, guess what? Okay, people have done worse shit. He's not setting me back because you know what? And you know what? 
And yeah, <laughs> it is. But he said, he said, man, he set us back. I said, he said who back? He said, he said, you know, he was, and his point was that you know we're going to be treated differently because I said, so when are black people? When have black and black gay people been treated like less than shit? What is it? Are we going to be treated like a new greatest shit or something? <laughs> I mean, what's different? What's going to be different? Seriously, what will be different? What will be different in the way that we're treated and the way that we're received and the way that people respond to us? Like, you know, what's going to be different? Nothing. We're still, it's not like we've made these great strides and, oh, everything is wonderful and we live in this colorless, sexless Shangri-La where everything is wonderful and we treat each other with respect regardless of race, regardless of sexual orientation. We, we don't do that. Right. Like shit. And we're still at a drop of a dime. We'll treat anybody like anything. And so it's going to be... No, it's... So what's different? He ain't said nobody back. All right? You know what I'm saying? You talking about he set us back? Well, R. Kelly been fucking fucking young girls for years, twenty years at least. And so, because he's straight, <clears throat> he's a straight pedophile. That makes it okay, and that's not a setback. Nah, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> you know, real talk. So, real talk, real talk. So, there's nothing that Jesse has done. If Jesse told a lie, hell, I know plenty of folk that lie every day. And it might be something as simple as, oh, I'm happy today. Oh, I'm good. Oh, I went to work today. Bitch, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You lie. I mean, if we start calling our people for their lies, then shit, we won't be able to do anything else because we'll be calling our people in their lies. Right. Hell, let's look at the White House. Only time he don't lie is when he's not talking. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, uh, since, we you know, since we all want to be the lie detector now, man, sit down. Okay, so if he hasn't set anybody back with the situation, yeah. If the situation, not him, if the situation hasn't set anybody back, right? You believe that. It's safer than it ever was before. Um, where millennials don't have to wear the masks, where people in Generation X don't have to wear the masks that you wore. Um, is it safe to? And, okay, go ahead. Yeah, to a point. Well, I'm gonna say this: it was until two years ago. Okay, I felt a different level of safety two years ago. But when the little orange pimple made it to 1600 Pennsylvania, then you've now, a lot of people have been empowered and emboldened to act a fucking fool. And so they think, and a lot of people think, see the problem with, especially when you start talking about sexuality and you start talking about race, there is a whole group of people who think that their opinion matters and they think people give a damn. Right. And verily I say as unto thee, I careth not. Yes, the church read. <laughs> okay, tell you from the church. Yes, verily I say. Okay. Who, who might these people be? Right. 
I call them um, redneck mouth breathers. And the racists, homophobes, you know, people, there are a lot of people, I think between people being, you know, people, I think it's a lot of people, there are a lot of misogynists, there are a lot of homophobes, there are a lot of racists that have now been empowered because they feel like, oh, hell, this crap, the head, the head one is in the, is in the White House. So we, if he can do it, we can do it. Right. And so they feel like it's okay, but what they haven't, see what they haven't, what they fail to realize is I'm not my grandparents. Mm. I, while I'm enlightened, I'm not my parents. Actually, no. No, they would have had a, they would have had a fight with my mama too. So no, because my, you know, my mama would whip somebody ass. Yeah. 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 So I can say that. So I'm not my, yeah. So I'm not my grandparents. And you know. So you're not gonna run up on me with that foolishness and think that you're not gonna get checked. What? Right. What? What? Oh, you said what? Oh, that's perfect. And you know, and I'm and I feel like I'm in a situation where like I don't. It's not that we're not safer, but I, the likelihood that somebody's gonna come with some bullshit is more of a reality. Right. You know, I didn't have to worry about it. Like until now, and so just the fact that we even have to acknowledge that the shit is here probably the most irritating part of it. I'm like, who are you? Come on. All right. So the Trump environment has brought out some of these people who are more emblazing. Oh yeah. All right. But they've always been there. I mean, I'm going to say this, and people may not like it, but this is the best part. Uh, the press, I want to see the person who really don't like me, who got a problem with me because I'm black, because I'm gay. And I want you to come and say something to me, motherfucker. And these motherfuckers who've been out here doing this stuff have been getting them hands and they deserve it. I'm tired of these undercover racists because I call them the everyday racists because they sit up here, they try to be polite and do whatever else. And I'm like, but that's not how you really feel. Show me who you really are. Please. And now with everything going on, that's what we see. And they think they can do whatever and nothing's going to happen to them. You don't have secret service. You keep running your mouth and you see video time and time again, people dropping the N-word and thinking nothing's going to happen to them. But the only thing that gets dropped is them. Around what happened? What happened? Words have power too. So you verbally insult somebody. Why do you think you're not going to get a fist back? What I tell you, you know, I, you know, I'm of the mindset I'm not going to initiate that ass whooping. However, if you ask for it, I'm Mm going to give it to you. You know, you want to oblige. Oh, I'll be more than a gentleman and oblige. (laughs) (laughs) You want it, you can. If you want some, come and get some. (laughs) And you know that. I mean, and it's it's not trying to. Ever, right? That didn't even sound right coming out. Um, but realistically, I mean, if you, as long as you don't put your hands on me, we cool. You can talk shit all day long. Now I'm going now in turn. I am going to talk shit back to you because I'm going to make you mad. I'm going to verbally pick you apart until I feel better about the situation, and then because I clearly, you know, if the best you, that you can say to me to try to get at me is something about sexuality or something about race that's the best you got come with come with something new like you know what I'm saying I've been called since I was what 10 
You know what I'm saying? Damn near 50. Like, <laughs> you're late. You're late to the party. Like, come on, do something else. So, but, uh, but again, just the, the part that irritates me is that the people just even feel comfortable enough to just put that. And I, and I agree with Sam. I would rather know that up front. Like, because and just, I would rather know up front because guess what? I'm, I'm quick to let you know I don't really feel your pilgrim ass anyway. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't understand why pe- why white people think that we want to be around them. And I don't hate them, but I prefer not to be around them because I really can't trust them. Wow. Because I mean, I feel like no matter how my, my, how down you are with the cause, I feel like at some point every white person, first of all, you have something without even trying that I'll never have. It's white privilege. And that trumps a lot of shit. And I'm always afraid that a white person will show me how white they are. Mm. And and maybe that comes from childhood because my mother told me, she said, you be careful. She said, she said, because you know what? She said, no, you know, because when I, because of course at friendly high school, you know, we had, I had white friends. Right. And my mother was like, you know, you be careful about like my Hispanic friends. She wouldn't. She wouldn't. She like, oh, they, you're good. But like my white friends, she was like, Mm-mm. she said, you be careful. She said because eventually they're gonna show you their white ass. Yeah. And you know what? We had the same parents. Okay. Yeah. I yeah, we did because because they were that, that same generation because that was real. Yeah. Guess what? You, what you and guess what? I found that to be true more often than not. Now I had some. Like, you have you have outliers that are just not. They're not of that ilk. But good old fashioned, tried in the wool, bleached out white people. I can name about three of them off the top that I had to yo. I had to cut you back. I'm like yo, back 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 that ass all the way up. Because you got you mad over something else. I was like, fix your eczema first before you come for me. You know what I'm saying? Fix your flaky skin and your oily hair. Fix all of that before you come for me. Don't come off no foolishness like, <laughs> like I want to be around you. You look, I said, and you make strange. No, I mean, I had to read, I pick you apart. Now go sit down somewhere. Like, and I was like, I was like, bruh. Cause this kid was in band too. I was like, "Bruh, you know, like you're like maybe fourth or fifth chair in your section. I'm first chair and have been that for a while. You know what? You're not even on my level. Let's not even talk anymore. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do that. And what's interesting is when we talked about safety, and we talked about the current, you know, Trump environment that we're in. You're talking more about race than you are about sexuality. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm more afraid. I am more concerned about somebody walking up to me because I'm black. Like, I don't... Let me tell you something. And that's an interesting thing. As a black gay man, I promise you, I'm more worried about being black than I'm about being gay. Because you don't know I'm gay until I, until I let you know. Especially, well, that's a whole other issue. But, I mean... <laughs> I feel like that's I feel like that's need to know information. And I'll be honest, like I tell my students, sexuality to me isn't important unless we fuck it. All right. 
<laughs> okay. Right. Okay. I totally agree. You feel me? It's not even because you know what? Because I'm like, that, like, that's why when I I don't let you know what I'm saying when I don't let kids bully each other. Oh, you gay? You gay? Child, it doesn't matter. You fucking. You need a date? Okay, hold on. I'm gonna have to. No, y'all keep talking because I'm gonna have to like change locations because I promise you. Right now, the lighting right now in my living room, I just happened to realize that I need a lamp. I'm sorry, side note, like I need a lamp or something. And you are not team light skin, bro. You, 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 I mean, because to be honest, while I am happy that you see the portrayal of different gay people in the media and stuff like that. Oftentimes, people still have the stigma that you're gay if you wear makeup and you wear heels and you wear women's clothing or whatever. And I'm like, that's one expression. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not. <laughs> you always want to be ignorant. You always want to be ignorant. You always want to be ignorant. That's. that's- but to me, that's part of the spectrum. You know, no, but that's the thing. But that's what most people have in their framework is that. And I'm like, we all come in different expressions. And to be honest, most of us just dress and wear clothes. I mean, it's like it's not a big deal. Those that you see in the media oftentimes represent just a small percentage of the rest of us. Okay. Okay. Now, you know, Eddie and I both work in a school setting. Um, mm-hmm. Is it, do you think it's safer in schools where students won't get bullied for their expressions or their sexuality? I worked in a school and I, I mean, the guys and the girls who were transgender or who were, uh, you know, gay, the students knew. And I didn't see a whole lot of issues around it. Well, I'll say this. We've created, we've, you know, because we've been intentional in schools to, like, create a safe space. We say we, who are you talking about? I know, for me personally, I know, as an educator, um, I create a safe space, because I'm not going to let you be bullied, I'm not going to let you be picked on. Um, Like, whatever state you're in, you know, Like, when I see, like, young boys that are, to me, you know, again, I don't ever want to tell you to not be who you are, but, you know, my code word is, like, yo, you're on a level, I say, on a flame scale, you're on a 15, I need you on a two. (laughs) Like, real talk, I need you on a two. So for the uninitiated, give me an example of a 15, a, a personality, a well-known personality who might be a 15 and give me a, a five. So, okay. So, all right. Big so, freedom. Okay, no, wait, wait. okay. So for me, Okay. A 15 would be like Billy Porter. He's on pose. He's the one that wore yeah, a gown, which I thought was beat. Oh my God, that joint was everything. And I was like, hmm, I got a holiday party in, in December, and I think I might have to pull that shit off. Like, that was uh, hot. 
Okay, you, you have me intrigued. I'm going to uh, pull up Billy Porter so I can figure out who you're talking about. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? Or, uh, I'm trying to think of black people. Oh, is that the dude that wore a gown to the Oscars? That's the one. Okay, I didn't know who that I, I Okay. Billy Porter. And guess what? Billy Porter gives zero fucks. Right. I, I absolutely adore it. So, yep, that's okay. Yep. That, okay. That, that outfit. All right, so that's fifteen. In that outfit, yeah, that's a whole fifteen. Like that's yeah. But so, if you want somebody who's like on a two, Don Lemon, Jesse Smollett, two. Matter of fact, then I even two. They're not even on two. They're like more like a one and a half, maybe. Don Lemon mm-hmm. is more uh, no more masculine than Billy Porter. No, no, but he presents more conservatively. Right. Okay. Okay. I'm just trying to get it. Just trying to. Just trying to so, get it. Okay. And I think the problem is we're stuck in this whole this whole cycle of toxic masculinity. And so what it means to be masculine is subjective. Like some people don't like to me, you know, people, I don't ever want to make a qualitative judgment on somebody else's masculinity. Okay. But, you know, I mean, some people, you know, like I don't, you don't know what? Like the whole hyper masculinity and and telling people what you have to be in terms of like so what we get so what we get into in if to me teaching boys that you know you can't cry you can't do this you know what I'm saying you can't be sensitive you can't have feelings you can't dress a certain way you have to you know walk I said you know and I'm still I'm still trying to get over that whole that whole concept of walk around with your whole ass out right. ass out but you but you, that's considered masculine well sweetie your whole ass is out and you can't be mad about who's looking at your ass you're on a 15 I need you on a 2 like if you you're, I keep trying to tell the kids if you advertise bitch people gonna look that's <laughs> <laughs> true yeah. That's true. You know what I'm saying? And if it's if it's nice, I'm like, if you're gonna do it, can you at least like wear some clean drawers that fit your butt more nice? Like, do the whole thing. Like, do it. Don't just like don't don't no soggy ass. I'm not gonna make it. <laughs> okay, you know what? Uh, okay. <laughs> do it, do it. Like doggy? Okay. Um like, or like the, you know, don't, don't and, and we're good. The box good. Okay, we're absolutely good. So the kids are safer in school now, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. And you're saying that educators have worked hard, like yourself and I have, to make sure it's a safe space. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because I feel like one of the one of the things that irks me about, I guess, being an educator. And being, you know, <clears throat> interesting in the middle school level, the whole problem has always been trying to like work through, you know, work them through that stage 
where it's okay. Like, be you. Own your, own your shit. Like, you know, just own your shit. And it's, and it's fine. And it's okay to be you. People will love you regardless of, you know, whatever. Like, I, and unfortunately, kids feel... I don't know why kids feel comfortable talking to me and I know more shit than I want to ever know ever in this life. But I don't want to know. Like, some stuff I don't want to know, but but it's an honor. It's a privilege, the fact that they want to talk to some... At least they're talking to somebody. Right. You know, it has to be me. And I think that's a good thing because a lot of times growing up, I mean, I can't speak for you, but for me, you didn't feel like you had nobody to talk to or say anything to and the fact that they do, I think, makes this generation a lot more different and unique. Because a lot of the little boys, they'll say, yes, I'm a faggy, yes, I'm a girl, but I will still whoop your ass. And you see them do it. Baby, yeah. it's so entertaining. Oh, my God. Right. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I tell the boys, I'm, let me I'm, This generation is like, they have that whole, I have a dream like Martin Luther King, but they had that Malcolm X part, because I will beat the brakes off your ass if I got to. Like, they kind of have that mixture mixture of both, and I've seen plenty of videos. Oh, okay, you, you gonna beat my ass? Come do it. When they can fight. And then I tell you, the first, hit is, the first hit is free. Everything else you're gonna pay for. Guys. <laughs> 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 Oh my god, this dude. This dude. Right. Uh, the first one is free, bitch. Everything else, bitch, I'm gonna peel some everything else you're gonna pay for. So it's safer it's safer than it's ever been in America, but so should we continue working towards making a safe space? Absolutely we should. We have to. But the thing is, again, I we're we have there has to be a shift culturally right now our our, our culture is toxic Big, and it comes from the top down you know there's a level of civility that is not existent that we and we enjoyed eight years of civility right even prior to that even prior to that you know he might have Bush might have been dumb as a box of rocks God bless him but he's a nice guy and he never wanted you to be mad with him and so accordingly you know his whole demeanor he and Laura you know again they weren't like I said Bush ain't George W ain't the smartest knife in the he ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer not by any means but he was all politics aside he's a nice guy Prior to that, we had Bill, and you know how we love Bill. <laughs> Some of y'all did. I, I always thought he was a little suspect. <clears throat> well, but then, but you know what I'm saying? So we've had years. So what is that? 8, 16, 24? Is it kind of, yeah, that's right. 24. I think I could have had. And then you had the bushes prior to that. You know what I'm saying? You had another eight years. So 30 years, we've had a level of civility and diplomacy in the White House. And so people, regardless of their politics, you know, politics aside, could sit down and have conversations. And so it was modeled before America. But, you know, we're in a process. 
Mm-mm, this motherfucker can't negotiate. He's terrible. Hey, this is Seiko, Fly Guys Seiko from the Fly Guys Podcast. There are times when I interview people that I really don't necessarily agree with or I don't agree with all of their positions. This is one of those times. <laughs> uh, but enjoy the ride. Mm-mm, this motherfucker can't negotiate. He's terrible. And so there's hate speech coming from the head of the country. Right. right. And so people feel, again, so his base feels emboldened and they feel empowered. Hmm. That's from a safe space. That's, I died. I died. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, just now. Oh my God. When I tell you, I just fell completely out. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, we're, it's interesting. We fought for safe spaces, but have we weakened our resolve? I'm going to say yes. Because you know what? Actually, you know what? We we can die resolve because, and I think that's part of the demise of our educational system. Mm. I really and I and I and I say that wholeheartedly because we have we've stopped we've stopped teaching about ten years ago. Nope. Yep. No, it had to be. 12 years no it had to be before then um let's see wait okay so you're right no it's been no it's been what at least 10 years 10 maybe 12 years okay with no child left behind which you know is some garbage. Yeah. An unfunded national mandate that op- that optional mandate, however, if you didn't do it, then yeah. So but the problem is the problem, well yeah, that's that one that one's good. Because that freedom is but see but we talk about freedom. I agree with this to a point. Okay, and and the image says somebody in a, it has a picture of somebody in a safe space, and then it has somebody had a sign that said freedom of speech, and the person who said freedom of speech looks like they've been harmed or maybe dead. Yeah, so because we have people in safe spaces, we've lost the freedom of speech. Is what well, the picture and in, in, you know, in, yeah, the innuendo. But the innu- but my caveat to that is the fact that. You know, I first of all, I think that like the first the first one was, was spot on because I think some people are, we've got we we've, we've raised a bunch of pussies. <laughs> <laughs> we raised a bunch of well, let me back up. All right, some other people have raised a bunch of pussies. I know I did. Okay, okay, I did. Because some other people raise some pussies. Because I, I tell my kids all the time, don't be sensitive over stupid shit. Because get your feelings out of you know what? We're so concerned. We we're so concerned about other people's feelings at right. some point 
Now, where you should be considerate, where other people's feelings then become the catalyst for what you do and how and the and the precipice about how you function. That's right. a that's a problem. Sit down. Right. Shit. Like, I mean, like we you can't make jokes anymore. You can't. Oh my god, you're being anti-Semitic. Shut up. Shut up. Like no way we hear that. Right. <laughs> but when we when I look at something like that, this this particular cartoon, you know, I feel like it's more freedom of speech comes with responsibility. Now, while you have the right to say what you want to say, then you also have to deal with the consequences of what you say. You just can't say whatever the fuck you want to say. Right. It's not the consequences. Unless you're ready for the consequences. Mm-hmm. That's true. I, I think, too, what's happened is back when our parents and stuff, when they marched and did stuff, of course, it was great. And what I think as black people, we have made strides and we have done different things and we're breaking ceilings and doing all of these great things, which is good on one end. But sometimes like there's a saying that said, hard times make strong people and good times make sweet people. And I think that to a point, because we have made some strides, people feel like, oh, we don't have to keep doing this much. And it's like, nah, nah, we still have to keep going. We got miles to go, honey, before we see through. We do. I mean, <laughs> we have taken, yes, they're great, they're wonderful, but we still have a long way to go. But I think for some people in their mind, they're like, well, it's not the 60s. We do this, and we may not have like colors only or whatever signs or whatever but the racism the prejudices the white privilege all of that stuff is still there mm-hmm. systems in place that still hold us back that's why I'm like as as wonderful as it is to see the first black whatever it is it's still saying that in 2019 that still happened we still have the first black anything right but and but and nobody and people fail to realize that like wait 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 what do you mean? Yeah, that's dumb to me. Like and but like it's that that the fact that you're right that's still happening that's a problem. Yeah. That means it's it's not safe. It's still not safe to be black. I'm not again. Again, if somebody has to be the first at something, stick their necks out and be a a, a trailblazer. It's still not safe enough for the majority of people to be engaged in that that work. Well, let me tell you that it's not safe. Again, as a black man, I we talk about safety. That's again, that's always my concern. This and this that actual question has come up before in and you know I've, in a couple of groups that I'm in and you know it's always a discussion point about you know what's more what's harder being black or being gay being black bitch you don't know again unless we fucking we you don't know that I'm gay unless I tell you and I tell you if you need to know why do I tell you if you need to know 
this dude. Like if you get I get pulled over by the police. Right. So my first thought is, dear God, I'm black. I'm not gonna survive this. Like I may not survive this traffic stop. You know, white women and white men don't don't have that fear that you might not survive a simple traffic stop. Because that's the reality of where we live right now. Even if they're gay, they don't have that fear. Hell no. No. Oh, hell no. Because I'm, I'm, I'm amplifying your point. I'm amplifying oh, your point. Absolutely not. Absolutely, even if they're gay. Because guess what? She can pull, if you pull over a white lesbian and she looks like the last man, like she about to do all the push-ups in the country and run <gasps> her mouths, you know what I'm saying? Like she looks like with her marine buzz cut and her flannel shirt driving her fucking Subaru. She ain't got the same Subaru? Hell yeah, you know lesbians drive suit. They love Subarus. <laughs> I almost called. Wait, wait, wait! I almost called you by your government name. Like you don't know that. <sighs> what you mean? Okay. You got now, Ben. You got to know that lesbians like Subarus. Okay. Okay. I, I take your word for it. Uh, <laughs> the ones I know, the ones I know, turned out to be a little curious. So, um, so, okay. <laughs> Let me tell you, and we're talking only white lesbians drive those, but like, because like the okay, what? Well, all right, is there a, is there an Asian lesbian car? A BMW. <laughs> <laughs> or actually a Mercedes C class. I'm not gonna I can't do this. <laughs> okay, okay. Alright, is there a uh, East Indian lesbian car? I don't know if I know any of them. That had to be a hot curry mess, Jesus. <laughs> ah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm done. That's all I got. That's, that's, I'm done. <laughs> I'm bowing. That's, <laughs> that's gotta be a mess. Like, that's really... <laughs> all right, so, okay. Now, all right, I'm stretching, and this is probably going to be uh, insensitive. Come on. Come is there a white transgender car? Lift. They don't have cars. They live in cities, and they don't. They just take rideshare. Okay. I'm done. I'm done. I'm bowing again. Okay. Um. Since we're concerned, we're concerned about safety, and we've developed these safe spaces. Um, as this picture depicts, has history, fiction, science, and religion been impacted by our concern in making safe spaces? No, I, no. I don't. I don't think so because you know it depends on who it is. You know, some people go to extremes and they try to make it be like. I, I just think. 
you know, I've never been politically correct, and I don't mind offending. Never have been. Okay. And I don't mind if you get offended. I'm sorry that you're offended, but I meant what the fuck I said. Right. Dang. I don't even say sorry because your feelings that they're irrelevant. Religion, all that stuff, it's not going to change because people have to, especially with religion, and I'll just speak on Christianity and in my experience, people have to hold on to anything that makes them feel above somebody else because most of them don't value themselves. When you value yourself, you don't put yourself above anybody or below anybody. You are who you are and that's it. Well, I don't see religion shifting. In anything, I feel like they will use it more and more and more to say the world and this and all this other stuff that they've continued to say. And you because know, at the end of the I, day, I, I, the like, people, I like those people. Let me tell you why you I like them. People? Yes, I, I'm interested in hearing. I'm going to stop because I'm interested in hearing what you got to say. Because I always have an answer for them. Uh-huh. I always have, because you know, anybody who tells me, you know about sexuality and they try to make because my problem with the church is that there's this perceived heterosexuality they're pursued or they presume that and so it becomes a whole shit show but you know I'm t- don't ever use the bible so don't ever use the bible to try to bash me <clears throat> one I asked them I always ask for if you could find that the language that you're speaking of, if you can find that in the original Greek or Hebrew Bible, which only which each language only had two hundred fifty thousand words apiece, and that language didn't exist, then I will kiss your ass and bark at the moon. But then, moreover, if you can tell me, if you can show me where that existed, you know, prior to the Council of Trent, when Saint Augustine. A noted homosexual revised the Bible and created and took out books and added language in heterosexist language in that then was he named for another homosexual. How ironic is that? King James. Because prior to the Black Plague and the decimation of Europe, guess what? All this heterosexist language didn't exist. It didn't exist. But but knowing that that Christianity is as a movement was the most prevalent thing of the day, and that people were following that, well, hey, why don't we use this holy book to kind of promote the repopulation of Europe? It's been in the hands of man. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought he was just a funny dude. Yeah, I'm just saying. So. That alone, you know, so oh, that didn't come out right. I'm saying, I, y'all just thought that Eddie made jokes, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I mean, we, I mean, that's and that's usually the starting off point. And you know, it's like, no, 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 don't run now because if you want to, you know, you want to tell me about for everything, for every every quote you can give me in the Bible that you can cherry pick and tell me, you know. Man shall not man lie with man and blah blah. Okay, great. So I need read the whole book. And so stop eating shrimp. Stop mixing your fabrics. Everything in Leviticus that it talks about that thou shalt. Not, it also talks about you shouldn't be having incest and you shouldn't be sleeping with your daughters or your your husbands, your 
your brother's daughters or your brother's wife. It talks about adultery. It talks about incest. It talks about a whole lot of immoral or amoral heterosexual sexual behaviors that we kind of just that are that seem to be more forgivable than you being a homosexual. Get the fuck out of here with that. Go sit somewhere with that. And so then I'll then I reference or when they talk to me or ask them about let's talk about Lot. It's Sodom and Gomorrah. That's my favorite. Because if you think about so the whole story, if you read the whole chapter, so the pri- the chap prior to Sodom and Gomorrah, yep, look it up. So God said to the angel, if you can find 45 righteous men, then I will save the city. <laughs> so they could not find so they could not find 45 righteous men. And so guess what? God says, if you can find one righteous man, then I will save the city. And so they found Lot to be this one righteous man. And so they told him, hey, you know, God's going to rain down fire. What they were saying is Mount Vesuvius is going to erupt, honey. And she's going to like, that was Mount Vesuvius erupting. But okay, for God raining down fire, girl, whatever. So, so then when you get back to okay so all this extra stuff so you take the one righteous man and his family so that's we're going to save Lot and his house his wife looks back what happened to her pillar of salt done okay so now what happens what happens to Lot after this okay go to repopulate so what happens so he ends up having sex with his daughter Yep. Oh, okay. So that's forgivable. This one righteous man. Okay. Sit down with that. If we're gonna, you know, what we're not gonna do is we're not gonna start evaluating sins. That's what we're not gonna do. And tell me that one sin is one. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. You can't. I so then I also. I asked him about, you know, I asked and I'll ask him about Jonathan and David. Look, you read the word. Ask him about Jonathan and David. It says he had a love for him that like no other, like like a like stronger than like no other. Come on. They were lovers. And he said and he gave his life for his lover. And it's in the word. Read it. Read it. It's in there. They don't want to talk about that, or they don't want. Or I tell them, "Hell, let me tell you, the best lesbian love story I've ever read is in the Bible. Ruth and Naomi. Where you go, I will go. Where you lie, I will lie. Your people will be my people. Oh my God, aren't those the best vows ever? Oh my God, you know. <laughs> oh my God, I so want to use those. They make me want to get married so I can use those vows. Those vows are amazing. What? Come on. It's in the Bible. It's in the book. It's in the book. See, so at that point, they usually leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> That's when they tap out. I'm like, all right, nigga, I'm done. I'm done with you. <laughs> okay. Don't talk no more. What you mean? I want to talk no more. You know, really, honestly, God, if you and, and it's real talk, and, honestly, and, and, and uh, just to make sure that all of our um, our, our listeners and viewers know you a little deeper 
Uh, what do you do on Sunday mornings? Oh, I'm in church, like on a regular basis. Um, I'm in somebody's music. I'm singing in somebody's church on a regular basis. As a matter of fact, I'll be in New York on Sunday. <laughs> yes, I have a church gig in New York twice a month. And if I'm not there, if I'm not there, if I'm not singing, if I'm not at somebody else's church, I'm at my own church. And don't, don't get me wrong, I'm a worshiper and I love the Lord. I do. And I, and I acknowledge how God has been good to me and all, you know what I'm saying, how he sustains me. And I, and I would never... And I guess the point that I want a lot of people to understand that your relationship with God has nothing to do with your religion. Religion is how you worship and how you practice your, you know what I'm saying? How you practice, but basically it's about your praise and your worship and your intimate, your own relationship with God. And and I think so many times we get wrapped up, people get wrapped up in, they want to dictate to other people how they should feel about God and how God because what you won't ever do is tell me that my God doesn't love me because he's proved it over and over and over and over again the fact that I'm 50 and I'm still here and in my right mind after teaching badass kids for (laughs) 24 years you can't tell me you know what I'm saying I've had my world implode at least three times. Yeah. And guess what? I've lost everything but my mind, but getting still, I'm here, and he restores every time. You know, you know, I've been through stuff that would kill a lot of people. The people would have killed themselves. Right. But guess what? I'm still here. And that's only by the grace of God. You know, he wouldn't let me fall. So you can't, you know, you can't tell me that, oh, you know. I'm not you're holier than I am or because you have a direct connection that I don't have because of who I love yo who first of all I've always asked who would choose to be a black gay man who would choose that exactly I ain't mad about it so so ooh I I want to be a black man and I want to be Ooh, I want to be black and gay so I can get extra persecution. <laughs> you know what? Uh, you said that to me the first time that you shared with me that you were gay, and I, I that 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 really sat with me. I was like, "Wow, that's that's, that's deep." Yeah, like who would choose that? Like, but you know what? I ain't mad about it. It is it is what it is. I am who I am, and oh well, you know, because I and I had to realize a long time ago. I would be this way regardless whether or not I was gay, whether or not I was straight, trisexual, bisexual. Yes, I said trisexual. Don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but yep. you know. <laughs> I mean, and I say bisexual, I mean, you buy me something and we can be sexual, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying. Cause you know okay. I, I said I was done before. I'm done. Cause you know I like Benito. Nice <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't heard that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah so. I heard trisexual. I'll try anything. Right. But I hadn't heard. <laughs> okay. So is it? I'm assuming now that it's safer to show your expression to be you know express your sexuality in church now. Um, 
saying? Uh, oh, you uh, you want me to answer because I, I'm I'm no longer in an avid church though. I would say that overall, I would say this generation after us has a lot more freedoms and a lot more safe spaces to express themselves. I guess there are some gay churches or affirming churches. So I believe in a certain sense there are some, there are more safer places to be who you are and to worship however you feel. But overall, I think society is... I don't even know if I want to say change, if I want to say adapting. I feel like society just shifts. And I think we're seeing a shift. Because, okay, because I I wanted to get another perspective because I know mine is always skewed. <laughs> uh, let me get that up front. Because and I, I agree with that, but I know in a very real sense, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily if it's safer, but I know that you're going to get what you're going to get. Now, in the same vein that I wouldn't walk the street and be like, you know, happy and, you know, will I walk down the street and hold my partner's hand? Yep, I will. Say something. Because you, you, you can say what you want to say. You can catch these hands. But, and so, in church... In, well, actually, you can catch it. You, you know what? You can catch it there too. No, no, not, not the hands, not not the catch. All right. But, but no, you, but no, my you're... question was: Have you been comfortable in your church setting holding your partner's hands? Um, because you know I, that's that just made me think. There, and Sam said it to me at one of our earlier podcasts that I have a, a privilege. That he doesn't enjoy. Now, the question is, like, would I? Well, I don't ever have to worry about holding my partner's hand in my own church. I don't have to worry about it. Okay, you still have the, the distance thing going on. Um, <laughs> what, not, even, even if we're in the same space, okay, I don't have to worry about that on Sunday morning. Because I'm up on the dais. And he's in the congregation. That makes sense? Yeah, but that still doesn't answer my question. Is it safe for you to do it? Do you feel safe? You feel emotionally safe, not physically, but is there an emotional safe space? If you wanted to go up and hold his hand, is your church a comfortable place to do that? Um, I would do it because you know what? You get what you get. I know my home church, like where I grew up. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, yeah, yeah. I, where I at my church now? Like, would I do it? Probably, yeah. Um, but I mean, I and I guess for me, that's not something that I want to share with the congregation. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because a lot of people don't understand that black gay people, we different than white gay people. 
white people, white gays want to do this whole, I'm coming out of the closet, blah, blah, blah. And they want to do everything. They need to be in the forefront. They need to be saying all these things, doing all these things. Black people, the best way I can put it right now is that we more chill. We just trying to get the brunch. Right. I mean, it's like, for us, it's not... For white people, for white gays, I believe it, it's different. For us, it's we chill. We I would say some of us we just real chill with how we are. But again, culture plays a part in your expression and who you are. And as black people, we express ourselves different. White people, in my opinion, I see. I feel that white gays feel like yes, I'm gay. This is my part, and they do all of this other stuff because black people. We more like I don't know you. I don't trust you. I like this personal, and this is my business. And I don't know if I want to introduce you into this level, this coast level of my life because I can't trust you. I blame that on privilege. I do, especially with the white gays. I blame that on privilege because you know what? Again, when you have white privilege, that trumps everything. And so guess what? So they use they use their gayness as a cultural identifier. Where right. where black gays don't do that. We don't who gives a none because we don't and, and it's not that we don't want to, but we don't have that luxury. Right. We don't have choice. Your cultural identifier is you colored. That's it. Yeah. We'll deal with the fact. That, yeah, for real. We'll deal with the fact that you like men or women. You, you we'll deal with your same gender lovingness later. But we have to deal and address your blackness first. That's and that's how. That's how they. That's how we're addressed. Period. So, right. I've and I said to you know I've said to people for years, sexuality then becomes secondary when you have to deal with race. White people can deal with sexuality. It can be primary for white for white gays and lesbians because guess what? They have the privilege of being white. And so they don't have the same dramas that we have. You know, they don't have that they don't have the same and so then it comes down to the why is there a need for white pride and black pride? Well Right. Because you ain't got stopped this week. You didn't get stopped and your car impounded because you were black and you had hair on your head and you just happened to be in the wrong neighborhood today. So 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 you can drive off in your Subaru and go down to the parade and wave your flag and walk in the parade with your babies and the strollers and, and all the rest of it. That's because you can do that. You can get on the flow. You can get on the flow and ride through downtown DC, throwing beads in your little speedo, and everything is wonderful for you. Right. So we don't have that luxury. And I think for black gays, for us being gay is just part of who we are. We don't lead with it because it's not the totality of our existence. Ah, Shonda. And so, for us, it's completely different. For us, we don't lead with, oh, I'm gay and all this stuff. And not that we can't, we can do what we want. But I think for us, we don't, I can't speak for everybody, I'll speak for me. I don't make it that big of an issue because, again, it's just one part of who I am as a human being. Point blank, period. 
It's not something I have to lead with. I can if I want to. I do what I want. But again, it's still part of who I am. It's not how I identify myself in the totality of the essence of who I am as a person. Okay. Uh, Last question to wrap things up. There's some of us in the uh, in the black community, those who are focused on manhood, mm-hmm. who believe that. Uh, and I, 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 I'm probably not the best person. Be correct. Just say it. No, no I'm, I'm trying to think how to say it because don't be PC. Not with us. No, I, <laughs> you might as well just say it. You might as well just say it. Put it out there. And we'll work it out for me. There are some blacks who think that there is a greater influence mm-hmm. for our males to become feminine, which is a part of a war to destroy us in the end. <laughs> I've heard that. I've I, absolutely I, heard that. And I let me tell you this. And I let want everyone. Can I tell Wait, you? I don't know. I kept telling you. I've heard this before time and time again. And this goes to back to what we were talking about with toxic masculinity. Yep. A lot of men fear their emotions. They fear their feelings. They fear the very thing that makes them human. And here's the thing. If you have a man who cannot identify with his emotions and feelings, he becomes angry. He becomes violent. And he gets to become the stereotype, the stereotypical black man that society says he is. He can't deal with his emotions. He can't deal with his feelings. You say something to him and he flicks off because he has all of these emotions and feelings that make him human that he's never dealt with. And a lot of times they want to blame it on us to say they try to make them a feminine or try to make them soft. People have feelings in general. And everybody has that spectrum. Some people come across as more masculine and are women. And some people come across as more feminine or men. It doesn't matter. But a lot of people use that because a lot of men don't want to deal with their emotions and feelings because they feel like the minute that they do that, having emotions and feelings has been equated more with femininity than it has to do with being a person. And so unfortunately, people, I've heard groups, I've heard them say all this stuff. And it's like, you know what? You can believe what you want to over there, but what makes us human and what makes, I feel, in my opinion, what makes me a man is the fact that I can accept all that I am and all that I feel, and I don't have to react off of everything. Wow. I I think I struck a nerve. Wow. (laughs) But, you know, and and to piggyback on that, I think that that I I want all these woke... Hotep mother <laughs> go back to sleep. There's no gay agenda that we're pushing to a masculine. You know what the you know what the gay agenda is? So the gay agenda is normally I don't know I don't know, I don't know about the pilgrims, but I know the black gay agenda is get to the weekend, um watch HGV, HGTV, um, maybe some basketball, go to brunch. <laughs> okay. Then Sunday fun day, like you Sunday fun day, which means go go to brunch. It's got to be bottomless, no pun intended. But um, <laughs> bottomless and bottomless brunch, 
and you drink you drink until you can't drink anymore. Then you get up and you take an hour break, and then you go to the and you start bar hopping until like maybe five or six o'clock, and then you realize, oh my god, I'm drunk, and it's only six o'clock, and you can't and it, don't let it be a three day weekend because guess what? Then we're gonna stay out and find a rooftop and go somewhere else, and then we're gonna go to the next bar, and so we're gonna bar hop until about midnight. That's the gay agenda. Okay, okay. I, I said that was the last question. Um, one other question, and this this kind of strikes me because I have a, a friend named Tessa. Oh, wait, wait. Can I say one more thing now? Go ahead. In, in, in regards to that last question, though, I think what really gets me with that, because we equate, when we're talking about what the things that we equate to being masculine and or feminine, unfortunately, education is something that is viewed as a feminine being educated is viewed as as being a feminine trait and so when we talk about emasculating when you know when we talk about toxic masculinity and the ability you know they think that we're trying to emasculate um our young black men well no we're trying to educate them and so in terms of them so in them getting a good education there's this whole concept that if you you educate them, but they are not that woke hotep kind of foolishness. Then they are less than manly. You know we, you know, and I had to check. Matter of fact, recently I had to check abroad for that because she came at me off some foolishness. I was like, so, so because I can speak intelligently and I can complete a sentence, and you spell check. Now I'm let, now you're going to question my manhood. That's a feminine trait because I said I'm not arguing with you. I don't go back and forth with niggas. I'm living my best life. <laughs> okay, okay, but I, that's another issue. That's we we can unpack that later. To little, to little Duval, uh, to little Duval. All right. Um. So the the last question is, and I. Mm-hmm. Be an ally and still enjoy and listening to people like Dr. Umar and Tariq. And the reason I ask this is because one of my friends who's a lesbian said, How can you be an ally and listen to that stuff? And I said, I like this. And she said, But I can't even trust you now. Now that I know that you listen to those, you know, and I was like, well, I listen to these people and these people and these people and these people and these person and this person and this person. I listen to all this stuff. I like listening to a diverse. So now you can't trust me. So well, I think, well, I think she needs a lesbian car. Well, she probably can't want that, but okay. <laughs> it's gonna be so shady. I, I didn't know they had cards. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> we all have cards. We all have cards with different levels. Okay, and <laughs> she back to like she back, that's like level two. Like girl, she bump her down a couple levels because because that's dumb. Because first of all, knowing you, and I probably know you on a different level than a lot of people. Yeah. I would say so. I would say so. So I'm like, why? I, I I encourage people to listen to different perspectives, right? Because so because you listen to folks that are, I guess, inflammatory. You get no pun intended toward. <laughs> 
Okay. It, the you right. find it until you pointed it out. Okay. Right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that makes statements that can be homophobic or inflammatory toward the LGBT community. You know, just because you listen, I want you to be informed. I want you to be fully informed because you have to, you know, people can say what they want to say, but it comes down to you have to process that information and take what's, what's relevant because they, they say some things that may be relevant to the black community that are relevant to the black, black community and where we need to go. And our focus is how we need to, as a black people, move forward. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so you take, you know what I'm saying? Again, it goes back to people taking ownership of shit that doesn't belong to them. Right. You know, I don't ever take, I'll never, I take a if, look, if it don't apply to me, I can, it's like on Sunday morning, pastor preaches a sermon. I take what belongs to me and what's relevant to me and I apply it. All the rest of that shit, that ain't for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so, but I am just, in, and I am fortunate in a place where my pastor won't perform a gay marriage, but he does not, he, you know, he's been intentional about not bashing folk. And he's accepting, you know, live, he said, because he loves all people. That's interesting that, that you're woke enough to be able to go to a church where the pastor won't perform a gay marriage, but still receive good information from them. Yeah. That that's woke. That's 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 woke. Because seriously, because you have to, you know, and I guess maybe it's coming we come from preachers' families. And you and so I guess all three of us, truthfully. <laughs> okay. So you gotta, you're saying you have to be in a place where you can go and I can sit under his leadership and he can preach to me because he has a relevant word for my life. Because again, my sexuality is such a small part of who I am in terms of, you know, all that determines is who gets an invite to my bed. But. You know what I'm saying? But I don't need I don't need church to lay with somebody. I don't need church with that. I don't need church for that. What I need church for is to keep me sane enough not to go to jail during the course of the week for choking out the priest at my job. That's what I need. That's what I need. You know what I'm saying? And you know what I'm saying? So I don't, you know what I'm saying? You get I told people get what you need out of that deal. And get what you know what I'm saying? So different perspectives. I mean, I don't we can agree to disagree. I don't you know, I tell people, you know, I I'm very honest about it. People don't who don't agree with my sexuality or whatever, that's perfectly fine. I'm gonna tell you why. Because technically I don't like 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 Perfect example, the Chick-fil-A thing when old dude said he didn't like gay people kissing. Well, I don't like to see straight people kissing in public either, looking like they're sucking each other's tonsils out. I don't want to see that either. So we're even. Okay, so, you know. Glad you brought that up. Is it safe for a business to have the stance that Chick-fil-A has where they (laughs) business with their business, they say, hey, you know, we're not going to discriminate against anybody. But with our profits, 
the owners will say, I'm going to support this cause, which is aligned with my values. Guess what? Honey, put your money wherever you want to put it. Because you know what? At the end of the day, I think conversion therapy is the dumbest shit ever. And that's for that's a scam because they want to you're trying to build some old poor sissy out their money right but I think for corporations I think right now it doesn't the thing about it is like I said before you know I believe that society is going where they believe the money is and they feel like as far as with gay people now that's an untapped market and so corporations are going to go for where they feel the money is. Now, Chick-fil-A took their stance and said, whatever. I mean, Chick-fil-A, their profits ain't hurt. People still eating. People love Chick-fil-A. I feel every organization has the right to do as they please. I just feel that corporations and marketing overall, every time, when it comes to business, you want to keep the money flowing. And so you're always looking for what's the next big thing. And I think now what we've seen is not, in my opinion, not so much an acceptance of gay people, but it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's this huge market and we're seeing these other businesses that are locally that are profiting and making all this money. How do we tap into this market? And I think that's what we're seeing. I don't believe we're seeing a shift in acceptance. I feel we're seeing the shift in this is a improvement venture for us to, you know, tap into. Stay fly. Stay fly. And you're right. Stay fly. Interesting. Um, This has brought up a whole series of other questions I would love to chat with you brothers about. Um, We're going to go ahead and end this one. Um, Any last words? I'm going to let... I'm gonna let you start off the last word, Sam. Normally you end this up. Stay fly, stay fly. Oh, you want me to to start off? Last word, I mean, it's really simple. When it comes to safety, stay fly. Everybody does what they feel is in their own best interest and their own best safety, point blank, period. You know, some people unfortunately feel deathly afraid. Other people feel like, I wish a motherfucker would. At the end of the day, do whatever we can and we feel is necessary because as black people, what we don't cherish, the one thing about us is that we are motherfucking survivors. Whether we gain straight or whatever, we are motherfucking survivors. And no matter what happens, we will adapt, we will change, we will do whatever it takes to survive. And I think that is why certain people feel threatened by black people because we will do whatever it takes to survive. Our ancestors have went through so much. We still here. I don't care what nobody says about black people. We still here. We still making hits. We still making strides. We still are leaders and innovators. The one thing I love about the internet right now is that sometimes you might have to search for it. We're seeing black people do more and more and more things. And I think as black people, we got to start focusing on those good things that we see and start uplifting those things more. I think within our gay communities, I believe that we have done and made great strides to create a safe space. But what we also have to do within creating a safe space is say, hey, continue to create safe space for the generation after you, but make sure you also make them strong. They need to be strong emotionally. And most importantly, in this country, money talks. Money is everything. 
So we got to make sure that we encourage our younger, this generation after us, to be more fiscally responsible, to save more, and to let them understand that your earning power is just one part of us growing as a race and as people. All right, cue the claps. Cue the claps. All right, Ed, last words, dude. Moment shines. <laughs> But I, I think Sam is absolutely right. I think we, in creating that safe space, I think that we we have to make sure that our, our young our young people are aware that this the freedoms that they enjoy come at a cost, and somebody had to pay for that. And so, in as much, you know, while I like it, I well, I never would encourage anybody to to dim your light or not be who you are or not be fully true to who you are you have to be adaptable and you have to adjust and you know what and Sam hit on the head we're survivors and so you do what you need in order to survive and live in a, a peaceful space I'm not so much worried about a safe space I'm worried about a peaceful space because see white folk live on on oh a plea system we live on a wish I wish a motherfucker would. I wish. And we, I mean, and that's real. I mean, we've got to, I wish, I wish a motherfucker would. You know? And so, we, I mean, if we, I, and I, I'm a firm believer that while my my prayer is always for everybody, that I, and I, what I, what I think, one of the things I try to teach young people is to let each other be. You know, let each other be. You know, we've got to we've got to love ourselves enough to allow other people to be themselves and not be threatened and not be offended by someone else's being there. You know, what is you know, I, I think the problem is that we some of us don't are so miserable with ourselves on a whole different level we're so miserable about shit that we try to take that miserable hurt people hurt people and misery loves company and so we and so instead of letting people just be who they are maybe you know be you however just know we've got to teach we've got to get kids back to the whole point of knowing that there are consequences for your actions baby you know what you can dress honey if you want to dress you know son if you want to wear if you want to wear that skirt today and, you know, and this, and this little jacket and, you know, okay, one bitch, you better turn it. One, you better turn it. Don't go out here look like this busted sissy, like this girl. I, I saw this mm, tonight. We're going to talk about that later. Oh, my God. It was terrible. It was terrible. Uh, that's the next podcast. That's the next one. <laughs> but, but one, Let's you better wait. Make a wait. But seriously, you better you better turn it and two, be ready for what's coming at you. Right. It's a whole level of strength. It's, it's a whole level of strength. It takes a whole lot of confidence. If you know, like don't and see that's what's part and that's and that's part of our problem. That when that's a whole other podcast too is that we have a whole generation that we've told kids you can be who you want, you can do what you want, and there's nothing and can't nobody say nothing to you. Well, baby, yes, they can. And they're not ready and they're not prepared. We haven't prepared them for the reality of, okay, you can do what you want. Now, if somebody says something, you can't get in your feelings and oh, and don't be all sensitive and crying all that bullshit. No, 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 no. Well, bitch, do you know what you look like when you walked out here? 
Mm. You knew your wig was busted when you walked out here. And so when am I supposed to say nothing? No, honey. The people that love you are going to check you. So we have kids that, again, don't take responsibility. They don't take correction. And so it leads to a whole nother ball of wax. You know, and so, again, they can do what they want to do. But we, they, we just have to. I know it's, it's on us to prepare them and to be like, OK, baby. So when you do this, because I, 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 I'm going through this now, I had to have this discussion with a nephew. I was like, come here, baby. You can do what you want to do, honey, but you, I, I never tell you not to do, not to do you, but sweetie pie, you a big boy. You got facial hair. What you nothing to do is be the very last woman. You pretty. You're not that pretty. Well, with that, <laughs> I can't keep up. I can't keep up. Um, <laughs> hey, it was good having you back on the uh, podcast, and it's been too long, bro. Right, and right, that won't happen no more. We got this. No, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Sam, good to have you back online, man. Good seeing you the other day. Um, I, I'll catch up with both of y'all next time I'm in D.C. And with that, I want to say, stay fly. The views expressed on the Fly Guy podcast by the guests of the Fly Guy podcast are only the views of the guests, unless we say we agree, unless explicitly stated. <laughs> stay fly, stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. Stay conscious. Stay fly. Stay fly. Stay fly. You're on a 15. I need you on a two. Stay fly.